If you have your Bible, turn to that passage. It's Matthew chapter 4, verse 1 through 11 is what we're reading about today. As we begin our new new series called Inside Out and Upside Down. We're going to be looking at Matthew chapter 4 through chapter 7 as we go through this series through the teachings of Jesus Christ. And, and I thought it was appropriate because we're living in an inside out and upside down kind of world right now. I, I, I don't know if you ever did this. Did you ever play that game at a retreat or a family gathering where you put baseball bats out in front of two teams and, and one team, you run down, you get the baseball bat and you just spin around and around 10 times or however long and then you try to run back in a straight line towards uh towards your family and it's a relay race do you do you remember that wobbly feeling I, i can't tell you how many times i have been laughed at and laughed with others as we have participated in a in a game that intentionally brings joy by making our equilibrium in our life feel inside out and upside down now, now here's a fun thing. We've done that for fun in our past, but really and truly in the world that we're living in right now, doesn't it kind of feel like we're living in an inside-out, upside-down kind of world? And, and that world can seem really foreign at times and, and really great at other times. And here's what I want you to know. In Jesus Christ, he came to live in a way that was confusing to the world. That's why John chapter 1 says, the light came to the world, the darkness couldn't understand it. We're called in Christ to, to live at a different way and a different pace than the normal flow of the world. And, and we see that in these odd times of inside out and upside down world situations we're in, we, it's amazing how we see that joy pop up. I'm, when have you ever thought that a birthday party would be two minutes of cars driving by your house and waving? Did you ever think that that would bring you amazing joy? Did, did, you, did you ever believe that, that a simple note on the patio or confetti covering your door, did you ever think that a video of a handwritten birthday card would bring you as much joy as it brings right now? Let me, let me bring it to the other side. In a time when our economy and things like that are wobbly, have you noticed on Facebook about how many more opportunities there are of of fathers and mothers to be spending meaningful time with their children, investing in in Bible stories and, and doing projects together, creating special events? It's amazing to me how when the world gets turned inside out and upside down, even though there's this air of uncertainty around us, there seems to consistently be this eye of the storm that is this breath of fresh air that we get into, that we find ourselves in as, as a people. And, and sometimes I, I think as I'm watching this is, Lord, are you allowing things to be turned inside out and upside down so that we can step back, so that you can remove some of the normal things that are driving us so that we can understand this calling is is not unique it's not unique to this time in fact jesus christ came and lived in a rebellious kind of way in this world he wasn't defying governments and strategies he came in bringing a gospel that was completely countercultural. the way that he moved the things that he did the way that he talked all of it defied the normal rules of how things were supposed to work. 
And the beautiful thing is, the Bible tells us that he was driven by joy. Can you imagine living in an upside-down kind of way and still living joyfully? I don't know if, if maybe without seasons like this, we could picture it as vividly as we do today. Have you found yourself making intentional outreaches to friends? Have you, have you found yourself taking joy in sitting around on the couch when everybody's reading together? And, and these things that don't pass, we should be concerned or worried is, is this sentiment around us, but there's this peace that's on you. Well, the Bible shows us that in Christ Jesus, that's the life that we're called to live. We're called, even when the world gets back to whatever normal is, we are called to live in a way that is not in line with the normal flow of the world, but it's to live as light, as, as points of beauty, of, of salt, so to speak, flavored throughout this world so that the, the world around us can see, our friends and neighbors and people around us can notice that there is a deeper life, there's a deeper joy, there's a deeper truth than the one we're trying to manage and navigate as we go through our day to day. And I think that's why today as we look at Matthew 4, we don't look at Jesus teaching, we look at the one who we're following. If you and I are going to follow someone, we need to know about them. We need to know what drives them. We need to see them in difficult seasons so that we can can know, yes, that's that's my leader. That's my that's the one I've given my life to follow. So let's look at Matthew chapter 4, and let's just start with verse 1 as we read through this together. It says, when, the Je when Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil, verse 2, and after fasting for 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. See, the Bible's pretty interesting. This is almost an inside-out, upside-down kind of moment as we think through all of this. You see, I can imagine as Jesus started going into the desert, as he started changing that mindset or that, that, that landscape up, I can imagine the enemy following him. You see, the devil is not God's equal. He, he is not God's arch enemy, who, who one of them is this great power struggle between good and evil. God is in control, and, and the enemy is subject even to him. And so Satan, not knowing all things, can you picture it? Can you see him saying, Jesus, you're social distancing. Forty days in the desert. He didn't touch Jesus until the end. Forty days in the desert, no contact with friends, no Facebook, no cell phone, no communication. There, there was no updates on the news. There was no interaction. It was extreme social distancing. And I think that I could picture the enemy saying, this is perfect. I here and now have an opportunity to change the story. Here, right here and right now, with all of, all of the way that people feel when we're separated from one another. Now is the time when they're weak. Now is the time I can bring this temptation up. Now is the time I, I can get him alone. He's got nothing else to do. His mind will wander. Can you imagine the problem is that's Satan's point of view, but what Scripture tells us is something very different. The Bible says that Jesus was led out into the desert by the Spirit to be tempted. And here's the beautiful picture. The word tempt means challenge. That's, that's the, the defining mark of this. So when the Bible says that Jesus was led out into the Spirit to be tempted, it says that the Spirit led him out to be challenged. 
he, he was going to be challenged to see if his inside when social distancing when normal life was out of place when he was hungry when things were uncertain around him so to speak if his inside would come out and it would match the character of god or if it would be a time of proving otherwise now the enemy thinks this is an opportunity to prove otherwise because he's seen success in the desert before you see if we look all the way back to the beginning of exodus leviticus and deuteronomy we see this picture of of the people of god coming out of egypt into the desert and what happens the satan challenges them he challenges their relationship with god he challenges their belief with god he challenges their reliance on god and over and over we see that what was on the inside when it came out did not match the confession of their lips well here's the great thing about jesus being god in the flesh what was inside perfectly matched the outside and what satan now finds himself a party to is not a moment to to break jesus but satan being the unwilling servant of god allows the character of the one we follow to be displayed for all time you see his plans got turned upside down when Jesus' inside came out. That's the example we look into today. That's the one we follow today. Now let me give you the background of Deuteronomy chapter 8 because Jesus quotes Deuteronomy through this. Chapter 8, verse 1 and 2 say this. The whole commandment that I command you today, you shall be careful to do, that you may live and multiply and go and possess the land the Lord swore to give to your fathers. And you shall remember this the whole way that the Lord your God has led you these 40 years in the wilderness, that he might humble you, testing you to know what is in your heart, whether you would keep his commandments or not. You see, the Lord allowed the people to be in the desert challenged so that their heart could be displayed on the outside and he's doing the exact same thing here so let's look at christ and how this temptation reveals his inside let's look at verse three and verse four as we jump into scripture it says and when the tempter came and said to him if you are the son of god command these stones to become loaves of bread but he answered, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. You see, this first challenge of, of Satan is, is this. It's, hey, listen, you need, to, you need to understand this. You have a position of value. You, you have a, a position of value if you are the son of God. Do you hear that? Do you see that relationship being pulled out? Satan is not coming at Jesus' ability. Isn't that funny? He's coming at his relationship with God. If you have a relationship with God, if you're the son of God, the almighty God, then you shouldn't be hungry. In fact, this is beneath you to be starving. It is beneath you to be thirsty. It is beneath you to be alone. In other words, you need to exploit your position. You need to take control of this moment in your life and make sure that you receive the value that your position deserves. Man, what an amazing temptation for Christ as he comes into that. And, and for us, we know it's, it's different. But have you ever felt that moment in your life where you're saying, you know what, enemy, you're right. 
I, I deserve more. I, I deserve to be valued at a higher mark. I deserve to be spoken to, to be given. I deserve my opportunity. I deserve, I deserve to be treated. This word deserve, boy, it makes it way, it's into our life, right? Because if I have this, then God must want me to use it for my heart's desire. If I've been given this extra money, it must be for me. If I've been given this extra time, it must be for me. It must be to fulfill the life that I desire to leave. Now, now listen to that. When you and I are tempted by the enemy, like Christ, to exploit our position, if you're a child of God, what he's really saying is, this is a question of value. Do you believe that the Lord your God places a higher value on your life, or do you believe that you know you better than anyone else? This is, this is the challenge. Who knows you better? Did God really design you that way? Did God really give you that opportunity, or do you know better? Or, or, or do you get to redefine? Did God really set that on your heart? Did he really put that out there? If so, then exploit it. Take control. Take command. And Jesus, I love it, he refers back to Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 3. And this is what he says. He says, listen, man will not live by bread alone, but every word that comes from the mouth of God. You see, this is it's, it's a nod. It, it's not Jesus saying, Obviously, we both agree that I'm able to do that. But it's a nod to God's value. Now, listen to verse 3, the whole entirety of Deuteronomy 8. This is important. It says, And he humbled you and let you hunger, and he fed you with manna, which you did not know, nor did your fathers, that he might make you know that man does not live by bread alone, but man lives by every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. You see, in Deuteronomy 8, 3, the, the scene that Jesus draws the enemy's mind to is this, is that the Lord had a great plan and the promise and the sweetness of the fruit was going to be increased. It was going to be obtained out of believing that God values you in the low and in the high. You see, God led them into the desert so that he could provide. Jesus is saying, the Lord has led me into the desert. The Lord has allowed me to walk into these times. Why? Because I know I can trust in him. And I may have been eat, not eating for 40 days and 40 nights, but I know my God values me. I know my Father values me, and he will be provide. So my role is to be faithful to seek him. My role is to follow in his footsteps. My role is to go where he goes, to go where he leads, because his value is greater on my life than I have myself. You see, church, in essence, Jesus preaches now to you and I. Obedience, obedience to the belief, to the truth of the Lord is of greater value than self-gratification. You see, obedience to God says, I believe you value me. Self-gratification self -gratification says, I believe 
I care most about me. I need the keys in my hand. And what's interesting is that very thought is the transition to the tempter's next challenge. Look with me in your Bible in verse 5. The Bible says it this way. Then the devil took him to the holy city, and he set him on the pinnacle of the temple, and he said to him, If you are the Son of God, you see we're still working on this relationship. If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you. And on their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. Jesus said, it's written again, you shall not put the Lord your God to the test. Now, now I want you to take a step with me as we frame this next one. He's still challenging relationship, but do you realize the name has changed? In verse 3, we see that, that Matthew, led by the Spirit, identifies Satan as the tempter. In verse 5, he's called the devil. The word devil here is literally slanderer. And, and what that m word means is, is that, that now from here on out, we see that the enemy's role is not simply to challenge, the, but in his heart, in the heart of the enemy, it's to drag the name of God through the mud. I've been reading more and more articles on the dynamic um, problems, the relational problems that are being heightened during our season of, of social distancing and quarantine between husbands and wives. I've been, been looking at the statistics of, of abuse raising in the home. How does that happen? Can it happen any other way than wrestling for position under the banner of value? How many times in our relationships have we said, man, if they just loved me like I loved them? How many times have we put ourselves above someone else? When the Lord calls us, love your neighbor as yourself. When he calls us to become one flesh. When he, when he shows us in Ephesians that the roles of husband and wife or to, to love one another, men like Christ loved the church, laying his life down for her, and wives to value your husband. You see, when the struggle of position comes in, it twists some biblical truths. Psalm 91 is what Satan quotes here. And when Satan quotes Psalm 91, it's this beautiful thing saying, God saying, listen, I will take care of you. That's the frame of it. But Satan says, why don't we take that out of context and make God subservient to you? The Bible says, if I just take God's word out of context, and I say, listen, he'll command his angels concerning you on their hands. They will bear you up lest you strike a foot against your stone. What, he, what he's saying in this prospect is, listen, you can apply God's word to any area of your life that you want. In other words, you can drag God's name in the mud too, and you can stand on top of him. You can dare him to act. And in that moment, Satan has spoken into the heart of Nietzsche. God is dead and man is God. Do you see the flip? He's, he's whispered in the heart of Roman culture and Greek culture. These fictitious mythical gods can be overturned by the lesser. We're fighting for the rule. You see, he's dragging God's name in the mud to make him into you, to me. So what he's saying here in this moment, in this battle of position... 
is who's going to be on top? Who's going to be in control? Who's going to make the most out of this relationship? Is it God or is it you? And if you have the opportunity to make God subservient to you, shouldn't you try to do that? If you are the son of God, then you know your dad will never let you fall. Man, how many times have you and I as parents been pushed to the brink by our kids and our fear of them falling has made us subservient to their actions? That hurts a little bit, doesn't it? You see, in our heart, we, we get this blending of value and position mixed up. Because why? Because we're not made to lead. We're made to follow the leader, and in our following, we lead. You see, this is what Jesus points out in this passage. Go into your, your verse in your Bible. It says this. Jesus says, and again it is written, you will not put the Lord your God to the test. You will not challenge the Lord your God. Jesus says, my position is to follow God. And in following God, I can lead others. I can take care of those I love. I can take care of, make sure I'm cared for in myself. What Jesus says is, why in the world would the Almighty God, would I want him to become my genie in a lamp? A, he is not a groveling, stooping um, desirous, heartbroken, feeble being. He's the Almighty God. And I can trust in His promises when I follow where He leads. That's why the Lord inspires the, the Scriptures to say, trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding. All of your way, acknowledge Him, and He'll care for you. You see, Satan is trying to say, Jesus, what about your position? If you are the Son of God, then you need to move up the ranks. For you and I, we find ourselves following Jesus. Do you want to, do you believe that there is an Almighty God who sent His Son from heaven to earth in order for you and I to have someone to follow to the Father? Jesus says, not my will be done, but yours, Lord, in the garden. You know how much more joy there is following in the footsteps than dying in the weeds. That's the only place where joy is found. That's the only place where hope resides. In your family today, as you're living through, as you're leading through this times of, of desert life, here's the, the promise Joy can be found in the desert, but only by following the Lord. That's where richness is. And Jesus says, even when I can't see it, even when the, the grass isn't green, even when there's no resources to provide, I value his position over mine. John the Baptist would say it this way. He must increase, and I must decrease. Jesus says in the garden, lay your weapons down. We could have this conversation all day. Why? Because there is power found in following. And that is the next thing that Satan challenges. Look in your Bible with me as you go to Scripture. 
we see this in chapter 8, verse 8 through 10. We see this passage read. And again, the devil took him on a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, all these I will give to you if you will fall down and worship me. And then Jesus said to him, Be gone, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God and serve him only. You see, this is the last place we see Jesus. We see the enemy tempt and God prove what is Jesus' power. What is the, the struggle that's going on? Is it something that we can tap into or is it something we wrestle for? You see, the enemy says, I'm no longer talking about relationship and this inside-out, upside-down picture. I'm no longer talking about God and you. What I'm asking you is, do the ends justify the means? What I'm, what I'm asking you is, in this picture of things, if you'll just bow down and worship me, you'll get all that you want. In other words, is power found in God alone, the Almighty God, the creator of heaven and, and earth, Yahweh, the Father whom you've come from, or is there a better source? Is there a better place of power? That's the, that's the, the question. See, the enemy says to Jesus, I don't know what you're going through, but I'm telling you, I'm going to put you through hell on earth. And so you can try to stick with your Father. You can, you can try to follow his plan, his lead. You can try to, to see or believe that he loves you. But if you stick with me, I will give you all of this. I will, I will allow you to be who you want to be, Savior of the world. If you're in charge, can't you save them? Can't you force it into happening? If you just have that power, and I can give you that power, and how many times has sin knocked on your door? I can give you power in your relationship with your wife. All you have to do is take the reins. All you have to do is, is let her know that you can find what you desire anywhere you want to. How many times has power been that place with our struggle with our students and our, our children where we are wrestling for a quick fix how many times have we found ourselves knocking on every door reading every book asking all of the friends who are powerless like we are for their opinion not looking to the word not looking to to those who've gone before us before us who've walked with jesus christ but we want others who will tell us that we believe under this pile of, of straw there's power to be found to accomplish the goal that we want. Good kids, prideful feelings, sense of hope. How many times has that temptation come into your life? I don't know how often is anger the way that we reach for that power? How often is to shut the world out, to gain complete control the way that we, we abandon the Lord because the ends justify the means. I know this isn't the right thing to do. I know I shouldn't do that. I know I shouldn't feel, I know I shouldn't have said that, but 
What was more important is getting where I ended up. What Jesus says is the ends do not justify the means. The way that you travel matters because the thief enters into the field by another way than the gate. The thief sneaks in at night. He might find himself among the sheep, but he is not a sheep. See, Satan says, I can give you power. And in this moment, Jesus doesn't, he doesn't battle. He doesn't point him to crazy places. He quotes Deuteronomy. And in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 13, he says, You will not. You will worship the Lord your God, and you will serve him only. You, this is not a statement. This isn't up for grabs. There aren't options here. There is only one worthy of worship, and you and I will worship him. What's amazing is in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 13, the word there is fear. You will fear the Lord your God, and you will serve him only. You see, that works two ways. Because if you reach for a power grab, if you and I are trying to find the solution by our own path, if you and I think we can find life eternal by making our own way, if you and I believe that the Lord God will bow to our power, sacrifice his position, and realize that you know you better than he does, what the word says is you should fear the Lord your God. He is awesome and almighty and powerful. But as a child of the Lord, that fear is worship. It's not being afraid. It's coming in confidence. Because we come through the one we follow. Because we know the Lord values us. And that's why scripture tells us through Christ Jesus, we can approach the throne of grace with confidence. We don't have to worry. Approaching the throne of grace is, is based on Jesus Christ, the one who's gone before us, not based on our, our list of, of accomplishments or good deeds. Jesus in this moment says, Satan, I will not wrestle with you. Be gone. He demonstrates in this moment that the inside now is coming out. He demonstrates in this, in this instant that he is the one who holds the power, not the enemy. That, that he is the one who holds hope in his hand, not the devil. Church, this morning as you and I find ourselves in the midst of a desert, we are following the example of a Lord who has gone before us, who has been before us, and you are not alone. You are not devalued by him. And he is not unaware of your position. And he has the power to overcome the greatest challenge. And verse 11, and then the devil left him. He was obedient to the power of God. And angels came and ministered to him. In that very moment, God provided God made sure that he had what he needed. God made sure that, that his, his stomach was, was filled, that his life was refreshed. He was ministered to by God. The Lord this morning shows us the example of a Savior who didn't at the first minute or the last minute. That, that he never was inconsistent 
that is inside shown out turned the world upside down because it was sincere that's the teacher we follow that's the God we worship that's the Savior who died for us today he is the Savior of marriages he is the the provider for children he is the the deity the the king over fear and he is the assurance for our anxiety that's Jesus Christ So the question for us this morning is, is that the one that you will follow? Is that the person that you can give your life to? If you reside in Christ Jesus, if you already confessed him, maybe during this season you just needed a refresher to remember the Jesus that you follow who knows the full value of God on his life, who believes wholeheartedly in the position of God being first in his heart, and who knows that only there is power found to endure, to overcome, and to live a life joyful, whether 40 days in the desert or 45 in the house. Let's pray. Father God, we love you. Lord, today, right now, I, I just find myself joyful. Lord, knowing that you are my example, that you're not some distant God who doesn't know exactly what's going on. Father, right now I know in households all across this city, all across this country and the world, that, that people are being challenged and our insides are, are coming out, God. And it is your desire that they match, that they align. And they not just align with one another, but they align with you so that we can overcome and turn this world upside down. So that we can make green look dull compared to the life that we find in Jesus Christ. Lord, so that we can bring salt to a needy world and light to the dark places. And Father God, right now, if there are people that are are watching, Lord, would would you speak to their heart? I don't know who they thought Jesus was. But today they see his character in Matthew. Right now, if you're watching this and the character of Christ has been revealed to you in a different way, the same thing we see in Jesus is for your heart. You can just speak these words to him. Let the the inside of your heart make its way out. Jesus, I know that you value me more than I valued myself. Forgive me for putting myself first and following sin. Would you be first in my life? And the power, Lord, that fuels my living every day until eternity. I am yours. If you've prayed that prayer, you are a brother or sister in Christ Jesus. Let your roots grow down deep. Let it be real in your life. Father God, we give you all that we are. Let us reflect your glory in Jesus' name. Amen.